So hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of what I'm calling season two of my Meerkat Musings podcast. Yes, we're now doing seasons. So the first season concluded, I believe, with my review of the new Lion King movie and my various kind of mixed emotions and feelings around that. Season two kicks off with a little bit, I'm afraid, of a slightly boring subject in some respects, albeit one here in the UK, which is about to take on some very crucial, um, I don't even know how to finish that sentence, that's how flustered and annoying this topic is, basically, basically people, Brexit, Uh, that's the subject today, because we are ever closer, we have just begun, of course, the month of September, at the end of October, the following month, is when the UK is supposed to leave the European Union, with or without a deal, if you are to listen to the words of Boris Johnson, our Prime Minister, albeit a Prime Minister that I, for one, did not vote for, and in fact, vast majority of people in this country did not vote for Boris, because we couldn't vote for Boris, because it was an internal decision by the Conservative Party um, to put him into the role of Prime Minister. And I don't think it was even a decision that was open to the entire Conservative Party to decide, uh, much less its members, uh, much less the general public. So we have an unelected Prime Minister who, ironically enough in the past, when a similar situation played out with Labour, uh, said that it was an unreasonable thing to do and that the reasonable act would be to then hold a general election. Well, oddly enough, uh, so far at least, Boris has not been forthcoming with a general election. Although his hand may be forced by the way in which he is conducting himself regarding Brexit. He wants to, and is in the process of trying to, what they call prorogue Parliament, which is basically shutting down Parliament so that the... Uh, politicians, our elected officials, can basically do no work, even if they wanted to. The reason for this is because he wants to ensure there is as little time as possible to discuss the impending no-deal Brexit scenario that we're lurching towards, because for every reason, it seems that Boris and his group of hardline Brexiteers seem to want a no-deal to happen, even though... His own government has issued a report warning of a number of serious problems with a no-deal Brexit, including, at a minimum, three months' worth of serious border disruption uh, involving things like authorities and things crossing the border. In the longer term and the short term, supply shortages of medical goods, which is pretty serious, of course. There won't be outright food shortages, however some foodstuffs will become harder to obtain and others will become more expensive and of course this will naturally have an impact on the poorest people of society. Uh, not that Boris really cares about that I believe. And there's other things as well the government's warning about in one of their own reports about a no-deal Brexit, yet for some reason Boris and his little cadre of of pro-Brexit officials seem to want to be steering us in that general direction. Which is just bizarre. Why would we court something that we know is going to be bad for us? Can anyone answer that question? Because I'm struggling to understand why we would do that. 
It's taken a while for certain elements of the mainstream media to actually catch on to this, but since Boris made his plans to prorogue Parliament and shut down the working government, there have been huge protests taking place across various British cities. Uh, London itself has been brought to a standstill more than once. For some reason, the BBC um, kind of glossed over this for the first couple of days before finally acknowledging it. But you only have to check out uh, news channels, Sky News, for example, ITV, and you can see that these protests are quite wide-ranging. And there's now a feeling that the government would in fact call a general election uh, at some point in the not-so-distant future. And as and when that happens, it'll be interesting to see how it happens. Because assuming they did so tomorrow, for example, by the time that they're done with the canvassing and all that kind of stuff, whoever wins will only have a few weeks, in theory, to actually then sort Brexit out before we actually reach the end of October and the deadline. Now, I guess it's possible, depending on who gets elected, that they may be able to negotiate an extension to Brexit if whoever is elected were to actually say, you know what, we're going to do a second referendum regarding leaving the EU would that then, you know, grant us an extension of the deadline? Well, I imagine if we were hearing out that possibility, then perhaps the EU would be inclined to give us more time. But who knows? Who knows? There may not even be a general election. There seems to be some behind-the-scenes pressure regarding one. But all of this, this whole situation, this whole difficult, awkward, snarling scenario which has seen some pretty aggressive posturing from both sides of this campaign uh, and has been you know, increasingly bitter. It could have been avoided if, if the original referendum had been more honest and more accurate in the first place. Both the Remain and the Leave campaigns, they were full of misrepresentations and they were misleading... Um, and of course the problem with that is people then voted perhaps based on incomplete information, on incorrect information. Three years down the line, this is the situation we're now in, where we have a wannabe, a wannabe tyrant in the face of Boris shutting down the government to force through a scenario. His own government tells him it's going to be a very big mistake. I can only assume that Boris himself somehow benefits from a no deal. Um, he's talked extensively about how we'd get a great deal with America through Donald Trump. Let's be realistic here. Donald Trump serves the interests of only Donald Trump here. Uh, he doesn't even care about his own country's interests, much less the interests of the UK. And at any rate, securing a deal with America is rather dependent upon the Northern Irish backstop situation, the, the hard border that Northern Ireland shares with the Republic of Ireland, which is in the EU, is a major issue. You know, that's a physical border there. And how that border plays out in terms of movement and things like that will have potentially a big impact on the Northern, Northern Ireland peace process. If 
an arrangement happens to violate the Good Friday Agreement, then the US Congress will simply refuse to hear it. Which means even if Boris and Trump crash out some kind of a deal, it won't actually kick in. Because Congress has to approve it, and violations of the Good Friday Agreement are basically sort of making that possibility off the table. So we won't get a deal with America anyway. Even a bad one will end up in limbo if we can't solve this issue. And as someone who voted Remain, I could have said to anyone that would have been prepared to listen that this was the inevitable situation we would find ourselves in. From the moment we chose to leave, the country's been sliding down an uncomfortable and unpleasant path. And it's just going to get worse. We've already had a number of businesses either fail or they've decided to relocate headquarters and you know jack things in as far as their UK businesses are concerned. Uh, two of my former employers, and I believe Brexit's played a part in this, have actually um, gone under because of uncertainty in the markets. Because people are understandably unsure about what's going to happen next. People are tightening their belts and not spending as much. Um, and this is even before Brexit actually happened. So Lord knows what we're actually going to do when we end up in a no-deal situation. And we are facing supply and demand problems with food. We are facing problems uh, with medical supplies. When suddenly travelling to Europe becomes much more difficult and therefore, of course, affects our trade in and out of Europe as it inevitably will. It's going to cause problems for the banks. Uh, what with all the processes involved in, in money transfers and that kind of thing with Europe, they're all going to go up the creek. So there's lots of things which are going to be affected in a negative way by Brexit, especially a no-deal Brexit. And to me, the most common-sense solution to this would be a second referendum. I genuinely believe a lot of people out there having a chance to look at what's been going on and rethink things slightly. You know, reconsider the path the country is on. We owe it to, I guess, oh, this is going to sound really cliched, we owe it to the next generation to do the right thing. Because the people that will really feel the impact of a no-deal Brexit, and in my view, any kind of Brexit, it won't necessarily be my generation, at least not straight away. That younger generations are just trying, you know, just starting out, just trying to get houses, just trying to get mortgages. They're going to be the ones which feel a bigger pinch and more problems. There's generations out there who are now old enough to vote, who couldn't vote in the original referendum, uh, who perhaps now, having had three years of a failure upon the people in power that were pushing to leave to actually demonstrate any kind of common sense and any kind of honesty, I guess, to actually move us forward. Now, there are three years of watching this, watching this car crash unfold, and they deserve a voice. They deserve a chance to have a say on their own futures. 
It's not true in all cases, but generally speaking, a lot of the people who voted Leave were older generations who were perhaps looking at history in a rose-tinted way, and they voted to Leave for certain reasons, but they won't be the ones to reap either the benefits or the pitfalls of Brexit. But it will be the younger generations, the ones who couldn't have voted in particular, who will feel this impact more seriously. And those that are now old enough to vote deserve a chance to have a say on their futures. So the first step, I guess, would be another general election in the not-so-distant future. And I guess it then depends, of course, on what the winners decide to do. If Labour were to win, well, they have been very cagey on whether they would do a second referendum. Uh, They haven't actually gone as far as to say they would definitely back one. But in my view, they should actually pick a side and stick to it. Because their kind of wibbly-wobbly approach to this hasn't helped things. They've not been decisive in their opposition to Brexit full stop. They've been opposed to a no deal. And I think anyone with a shred of common sense is opposed to no deal. But the only party to have stuck their neck out and said, we don't back Brexit full stop, and that will hold a second referendum, are the Liberal Democrats. But they are, at this point, quite a small party. They're going to struggle, I think, to wield any kind of meaningful influence. And I think it it really is now a case of someone in the Labour Party needs to say to Jeremy Corbyn, look, if there is an election and we want to have a chance of winning it, we've got to say, right, we back a second referendum on whether or not we stay in the EU or not. And we make it very clear that's our place. We also make it very clear as well that we're thoroughly opposed to a no deal and we're going to give the people the, you know, the right to decide. That would be their best position. I can't imagine Boris Johnson doing that. He seems to be wedded to the idea of a no deal, no matter how bad a no deal will be. So, you know, for every reason he wants one, he wants to slide out of Europe in the worst way possible. So it's up to Labour, or perhaps an alliance of Labour and the Lib Dems, I don't know. But someone has got to stick their neck out and say, of a no-deal situation, absolutely no way. And from there, open up the options of, of stopping this whole process.